Welcome to episode 12 of the Entrepreneur Now podcast. We're going to get up and alive and do the jive with today's guest, Roger Lee, the owner and artistic director of RogerLeeDance.com. He's an educator, an entertainer, a professional dancer, choreographer, and an author. Let's get funky. Here we go now. Who wants to get funky? Who wants to get a little creative out there? Which one of you want to get a little bit artsy now? Well then get on with your bad self. Everybody get funky and hold on to your pants. Because our guest today is going to make you dance, dance, dance. Boogieing all the way from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Everybody give it up for Roger Lee. Roger, you are the entrepreneur now. What's going on, my friend? Hey, Heath. That was the best intro ever, by the way. Like, <laughs> that title, I love it. Well, I appreciate it. I think you uh, definitely deserved it with all the energy and uh, that you bring with all your dance and choreography and stuff. So thank you. Amazing. Uh, I'm excited to have Roger on today. He's the owner and artistic director of RogerLeeDance.com, which I highly suggest everyone to check out. Uh, he's also basically an educator, a huge entertainer, a professional dancer, a choreographer, uh, and you even have gotten your little tidbits in with being an author now, haven't you? Yes, sir. I have um, my first ebook out. Just trying to, you know, do as much as I can out here. But um, it's been a great experience so far. Yeah, very cool. And the the ebook is about. It's called Overcoming Dance Fear, right? Yes. So you're actually providing a lot of value there. Um, I mean, that kind of plays hand in hand with everybody because everyone has all these fears and they're scared to go out and do these things that they love. Exactly. And, uh, you have to overcome them. So it's awesome that you're providing that material for them. Well, thank you. And I was afraid too, you know, I still am sometimes. And I just feel like it really does resonate with everybody, like you said. So, yeah, definitely. I mean, hell, $5, you can't beat that value either. So, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, people jump all over that if you get a chance. And so, so you've got a, so many accolades, man. I, I was checking out your website and I seriously, everyone needs to get on rogerleedance.com and just check out some of this guy's accomplishments. It's, it's unreal. And yeah. I, I mean, at your age, what are you? Are you 25 or 26? Yeah, I'll actually be 26 in June 29th. So oh, wow. For- yeah. I'm a June baby, too. I just had my 28th birthday. Oh, happy birthday. Uh, thank you. Likewise. Thanks. Uh, it, it's unbelievable. I mean, executive artistic director of Philadelphia Arts and Entrepreneurship Festival. Uh, you've been involved with Philly Performance Arts Center, Dance Dream. Is it Ursinus College Escape Velocity Dance Company? Yep, and you're the only one who's ever pronounced that right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, recipient of 2014 or Sinus College Rising Star Alumni Award, 2014 DeElves Poetic Charitable Contribution. Yes. Uh, 2013 KYW and CBS Small Business Challenge Top 4 Finalists. I mean, the list goes on and on. Uh, Scholarships, but what's the secret, man? Well, (laughs) you know, honestly... I'm just very passionate, and I think you have to be, you know, to keep going in the arts where rejection is the norm on the yeah. right basis. I mean, that's 
honestly the biggest criteria for all the jobs I do is, you know, on the top of my resume, I should just write, be okay with being rejected because it's what is required. Um, <laughs> you know, it just comes to the territory. But I think being passionate enough to keep pursuing your dreams, even in the midst of those quote unquote failures, I think that's the key. Yeah, it's beautiful. Be okay with being rejected because it's required. I've never heard it stated that way, but I love it. Uh, I might have to put that in the show notes. Yeah. Um, I always say fail and fail forward and fail harder and, mm-hmm. and fail forward some more. Uh, yeah. But I like the way that you sum that up as well. <laughs> well, one thing you do that I find extremely interesting and creative is your flash mobs. Mm. Uh, you know, you have a whole array of things going on, but... In particular, why why did you start? Uh, why did you decide to start those flash mobs, and how did you become? Uh, how did you come to the conclusion that it might actually be something that people are willing to pay for? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I spent a lot of time on YouTube just trying to observe the trends, and I saw so many flash mobs that were really cool and really innovative and great motivation behind it. You know, for like a baby shower or yeah, wedding announcement, but. The dancing, you know, the the music was amazing, but the dancing, I kind of cringed. And I said, you know, if there was someone out there who's kind of specialized in the dance side of it and could really choreograph or assemble people in a way that made them look really cool on camera, um, <laughs> if people would pay for that. Yeah. You know, just have them bouncing around and stuff for like 10 minutes to some really awesome music. So I tried to niche it down and focus more on the choreography and dance aspect and um. Kind of got hooked up with Dance the Dream, which was a worldwide uh, flash mob for Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech, the 50th anniversary back in 2013. And, you know, I networked with them on LinkedIn, one of the directors, and they said, hey, can you do this in Philadelphia, start a dance flash mob to celebrate the day? And he had the best time. I really did. People came (laughs) and it was so much fun. And I said, you know, I want to do this more than just every 50 years. So yeah, let's make it a service. And um. You know, lo and behold, building it slowly. It's a newer service than I'm offering, but uh, it is starting to work. So yeah, I was just pin. I was looking into all the different things that you do, and uh, I was actually at Ohio State one time, and I was just walking there on campus, and then this just giant flash mob out of nowhere. I felt so out of place. I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> uh, it was awesome though, and and I also saw a freeze mob another time when I was up there. Everyone just froze, and that was kind of crazy too. Mm-hmm. Um. Really interesting stuff to see. So, Well, before we get too far into the core, we'd like to start the Entrepreneur Now off with a little segment we call the Breezy Threes. Just mm. intended, short, uh, quick answers just to get to know your creative side a little bit. Um, so what are your three favorite creative works? My favorite creative works mm-hmm. would be... Hmm. They could be albums, arts, books, any anything yeah. that influences you. Definitely paintings. Um, I just love paintings. They really speak to me. They make me choreograph. I love music, in particular the music of Stevie Wonder and Whitney Houston. Yeah. Something those two voices to just kind of get me moving. And other dancers. You know, I go on YouTube and the shows, and you just see some brilliant stuff out there. So. Yeah, very cool. Um, what about your three biggest role models? I guess Stevie Wonder would fall in there, and, and Whitney <laughs> Houston. Uh, you have any more? Of course, we have Heath Armstrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, um, you know, I have a lot of role models for sure. God, um, my family, and the dance community at large. Not even just in Philadelphia or the U.S., but just around the world. There are phenomenal dance practitioners who just aren't known. 
and they're incredible and they really do inspire me. So, yeah. Awesome. All right. So if you have, if you had a creative bucket list, um, of things that you would like to accomplish down the road, uh, you know, kind of involved with your dance and choreography, I guess, uh, what would the top three items be? Definitely choreographing for Alvin Ailey, American Dance Theater. Uh, they've been out since 1958, and they're arguably the most popular modern dance company in the world. They definitely received the most bookings, and, you know, I'm just so inspired by them, and just to be able to choreograph for them would be more than a dream come true. I would die happy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that would be awesome. Uh, I feel the same way, too, about Pennsylvania Ballet right here in my own home state. And even though I'm not a ballet dancer, I would love to choreograph on ballet dancers because their technique is just otherworldly. Yeah, I think yeah, it would definitely. take my creativity to a whole nother level. And um, I guess the other bucket list item would be to choreograph for a big time recording artist like J-Lo or Janet Jackson, Beyonce, just somebody who has that energy and that stage presence. And just to kind of take it even further through the dancing, I think would be a dream come true. Yeah, that'd be that'd be a lot of fun, man. Um, so, you know, when you were a kid, did you want to be a dancer when you grew up from the beginning? So funny. Um, I actually did not at all. Uh, I started out as a visual artist, so I was painting and drawing religiously. I was in Saturday classes and after school classes and things. And it wasn't until my mom saw a commercial for a local news station called Fox here in you know, uh, Pennsylvania, Philadelphia. And she said, you're going to that audition. They're looking for kids ages 12 to 14. And I think I was 13 at the time. And she's like, I'm taking you there. I like, just go try out, you know, we'll see what you can do. And I always had rhythm, but never considered myself a dancer. And um, I guess mom knows best. So I went there and <laughs> Yeah, you know, 300 people, um, they were crazy enough to pick me, a brand new dancer, but they saw something in me, and I was one of the 12, and the rest was history. He, from then on, it was just like dance became my life, really. Oh, that is, that's an awesome story. I'm glad I asked that question. <laughs> uh, yeah, almost like you were, I don't like to use the word destined, but mm-hmm. um, almost like you were, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, can you tell us a little bit about your background, um, how you got to where you are? And, you know, what what was really the major turning point of your career where you decided that you could start making money doing these things and kind of create a business around it? Sure. So, you know, I'm born and raised in Philadelphia and I was blessed to grow up around the arts. You know, a lot of people singing and dancing and acting, not necessarily in my family, but just within the community. So I remember seeing like my first play at you know the age of three or something like that. So it started pretty young, just being around it and immersed in it. Um, you know, took classes, uh, went to school for dance, a creative and performing arts high school in Philly and kind of did all the traditional routes. But it wasn't until the summer of 2005, I was going into my senior year of high school. And obviously it's the time where you're trying to pick colleges and figure out what's next for you. Mm-hmm. And I auditioned uh, to be a part of the Pennsylvania Governor's School for the Arts, which sadly is uh, extinct now. The funding fell through in 2007 and they haven't been able to build it up since. But um you know, back then it was just the thing. Like you wanted to be a governor school student and kind of solidified your fate within the arts. So I applied as a visual artist as my main focus. And I also applied for dance as a backup. And I truly did not think I had a chance to get in as a dancer. So I said, this will just be a fallback. And Heath, I opened up my acceptance letter or, well, there was actually one rejection and one acceptance. 
I opened up the rejection first and it actually came from visual art. And I was devastated. I'm like, oh my God, I did not get in. There's no way I got into the school if they said no to my artwork. And my mom said, you know, just open up the dance one. Just do it. And sure enough, they took me in for dance and I could not. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah. So that kind of showed me right then and there that if I could do that, then maybe I have a shot at this thing. Yeah. You know, nothing comes easy. I remember being there homesick nine hours away for the first time. I had never done overnight camp or anything. So, you know, I'm living there for five weeks in Erie, Pennsylvania. Ooh. Wasn't a city at all. You know, I'm coming from a big city and then going into a very rural area. And uh, it was rough. I just remember wanting to go home a lot. If I heard one more ballet classic, I was going to scream. I mean, yeah. it was like eight hours a day of just intense ballet, modern and jazz. And I was a hip hop dancer back then. So it was just complete foreign territory for me. But um, I survived it. You know, I got picked for a showcase. My choreography got awarded there. And I left out so much stronger. And I came back senior year of high school determined. You know, I feel like the first three years I was kind of the art guy, playing dancer, and nobody really took me seriously. But I came back with such a new confidence that, yeah. I, you know, it kind of just went from there where I started applying to schools for dance as a major for college, which I never would have even considered prior to governor school. So that was definitely life changing. And um, the only other thing that really got me focused past that was being injured in college about two years in. And uh, I suffered a dance injury, trying to be Gumby, and I was not and am not <laughs> and never will be, and I've learned that the hard way. Were you doing the worm or something? Oh, I wish. I actually was sitting in a straddle split, <laughs> um, you know, doing homework and talking on the phone and everything, but it's not wise to do that for two hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got up, had the worst pain of my life, had to go to the hospital, long story. But, um, you know, after all of that and just overcoming the injury and still being in love with dance I said you know I just can't escape it I guess this really is what I'm put on this earth to do because I have so many reasons to just call it quits there were so many times where it would have just been a logical thing to do but instead it just made me fall even deeper (laughs) to the field well I might have to get some dance lessons from you man because I think the only dance I know how to do (laughs) is just straight white boy disco and I don't (laughs) even think that I'm that good at it I just think people laugh because it's funny well well, hey you knew about the worms that's a good step (laughs) And hey, we do Skype lessons too, so I could definitely work with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So do you think that there was some like evil minion at that art school that was like, hey, we're going to put this one letter on top in a rubber band and send it out so he opens <laughs> this one first just to screw with your head a little bit? I know, right? No, it really did feel that way because, <laughs> yeah, it just was not what I thought it would be. But you never know what life is going to throw at you. Yeah, so. true. So what do you... What would you say your ultimate long-term goal is? Uh, you know, we've talked about kind of your creative bucket list and, mm-hmm. and what you really want to do there. But as far as your business goes, you know, where do you see yourself in the future? Yeah, that's a very good question. I want to be almost the McDonald's of dance, if that makes any sense. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, or the Apple of dance. You know, I'm thinking of big brands where I want Roger Lee Dance just to resonate with everybody not just in the U.S., but around the world. And I want that brand to symbolize unity, that everybody can dance. It doesn't matter your age, your size, your background, any of that. You know, whether you're professional or not, that's not the point. But anybody can dance and feel good about it and have fun. You know, there's just so many things, life skills to come with practicing dance and so much joy. And I really want the world to experience that. 
Yeah, sometimes yeah. it's hard to articulate in words. So it's almost like you have to get people to practice or watch or be immersed in it for them to experience what you're feeling. And just for us to be like the leading brand in the world for dance would be awesome. Yeah. And it all goes back to getting over that comfort level. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I love that men without hats song. You can dance if you want to. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can dance if you want to. And then uh, the the Disco Bisc is actually, I think, somewhat from Philadelphia. They do a cover of that, which is pretty mm. good, too. Well, um, YouTube it. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if they made it on YouTube. They play it live sometimes, but who knows. Uh-huh. Um, well, what kind of habits have you developed to stay focused on that kind of long-term goal of making your brand so large uh, so mm-hmm. people recognize it immediately? Do you have any daily habits or weekly habits or just principles in place that keep you on track? Yeah, it's a very good question. I definitely try and push the envelope in every way I can. You know, dance it has a rich history of tradition and I honor that and I love it and I respect it and it's very important to honor traditions within the field, but I think it's equally as important to be innovative. So with the advancement of technology, we have the internet and social media and yeah. Skype and all these video options and things like that. There's no reason why dance can't reach the world and why it needs to be stuck in the studio, you know? So my whole thing is how can I leverage technology and how can I enhance uh, community engagement with the art form? Because a lot of times you talk to people about dance and they the first thing they say is I can't do it. You know, it's not for me. It's boring. And there are all these walls and barriers. So really my daily habit is like, how can I break these things down? And I do that. I'm on social media asking people, you know, what would it take to get you to a dance class? Or I'm out in the community just shooting the breeze, meeting people and trying to figure out some of their fears so that yeah, a little I can chip away at it. And maybe it's as simple as, hey, they just take a dance class on Skype and they feel good about doing it in the privacy of their own home versus an open studio and the middle of the city, you know? So just little things like that, little adjustments. Um, You know, just listening to your audience every day is a big thing. You know, a lot of times people say, well, I just want a fitness dance class. You know, I'm not looking to be the world's best ballerina, but I just want to lose some weight or sculpt this area of my body and what have you. So it's really like listening to your audience and then being brave enough to sometimes go against the tradition and just give the people what they want. Yeah. Yeah, that's very cool, you know, because not only are you building that relationship with them, but you're helping them get over their fears and putting them into a comfort zone with you, which mm-hmm. in return builds that trust. And once you have their trust, you know, they're kind of relaxed around you and then they can, you can easily continue to build their uh, dance characteristics and all the things that they thought they were afraid of doing, but uh, mm-hmm. probably turns into a hobby of theirs afterwards. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's neat. Uh, you, you've, you know, you've created a very, uh, a very creative business that has multiple revenue streams, uh, which is really the best way you can structure, in my opinion, because, you know, if one drops down, you still have the other ones to hold you up and everything's usually fine. Uh, so you're doing it in a very smart way, but not only are you teaching dance and fitness, you know, you do parties, uh, you do marketing. I mean, you're doing websites and uh, promos and you're doing concerts, events, graphic design, uh, real design. I mean, you name it. How important do you think it is to really attack uh, your passion and business from multiple angles 
and discover not just one, but multiple ways to create that revenue for your business and to sustain it? Hmm. That's a great question. I think it's extremely important. It's actually necessary to survive. You know, we're in a very competitive climate due to, due, due to excuse me, the economy and other things like that. So we're looking at how can dance live? How can it survive? You know, the old days of just putting on a show once a year and having enough money from that. It's not reality anymore, unfortunately. And I feel that, you know, the companies and businesses and organizations that pay attention to the changing climate and say, hey, you know, things around us are shifting a little bit. What else can we do to make money, but also to connect with our audience? I think those are the ones who are going to thrive the most. So I think it's imperative to do that. Yeah, definitely. And I try to do the same thing um, and just keep moving forward with it. Mm-hmm. If if you could look back, uh, you know what what is one thing you would do differently if you could start all over, if anything at all? That's a very good question. If I could do anything differently, hmm, well, I would like to have not been injured. <laughs> yeah. But aside from that, um, you wouldn't have done the straddle split during exactly. your homework. <laughs> at least not for two hours, no. But, um, <laughs> if I could have done anything differently. That's such a tough question because I feel like although I've had you know, successes and failures, um, you know, setbacks and all of the above, they've all worked together for my good and they've all created such a unique experience for me and the company and the people that I'm working with. So I feel like, yeah, there were some hard things I would try and switch around, but then I know I wouldn't be the person that I am today in the business, definitely wouldn't be. So yeah. Probably- keep things the way they were as tough as things. Yeah. I love that answer. It's perfect answer. Uh, If you could spend one hour creating something with anyone from the past or present, who would it be? And what would you create? Mm. I would create a music video with Michael Jackson. Oh man. Yeah. Trump's all right there. (laughs) It'd just be a dream. You know, they would have to like pick me up off the floor because I'd be like, Oh my God, this is Michael Jackson. I'm working with here, but I'm, yeah, it'd be a dream. Yeah. Did you see that? Um, I think it was like the Video Music Awards or something yeah. where they did that, that Michael Jackson. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess it was a, I mean, it was an illusion, but I'm trying to, I can't think of the word. And I mean, it's on the tip of the tongue too, but. um. Oh man, that was so cool. <laughs> it was, they were, it was phenomenal. I mean, the choreography, the, the lights, and it just made you feel like he was still there. Yeah. I mean, they even had the mouth just right on. Uh, you know, basically the entire time, and it was just crazy. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, and then there was that video of that kid that did the Michael Jackson dance at his talent contest floating around the internet recently. Did you see that? I did not. No. You should YouTube that. It's it's hilarious. And the funny thing about it is, I mean, he's really really good. Mm-hmm. He's this tall, lanky white kid. But nice. I woke up one morning and had like six text messages from my friends sending it to me because wow. uh, they were trying to make fun of me and say that it looked exactly like me. <laughs> So uh, if I knew how to dance like Michael Jackson, it would probably look like that. (laughs) But I'm a long way away. Oh, (laughs) yeah. So, um, let's say there's there's a little Roger out there listening, you know, thinking about breaking out of his comfort zone and attacking his passion of dance. He's just not really sure uh, because he wants to pursue his lifelong dream. What is one thing that he can do right now to get started? Hmm. 
One thing you could do to get started is, no, no, it's easier said than done, but just to put on either a class or an event or just one thing, you know, it's like you don't have to throw in the kitchen sink here. It can just be a class for your friends and family. It could be a show for like two people, you know, but you do have to do something and it can be very small, but I would challenge that person to do one thing and then get feedback from it and see what worked, what didn't work. And to take it from there. But um, you have to start somewhere. And you can plan, plan, plan forever. But the magic is really in the doing. Mm-hmm. And that's where you're going to learn the most from that practical application. So I say just go for something. Yeah, just get out there and, and do it. Uh, do mm-hmm. anything. And yeah. the best way to start that is just to make a list, you know, it, two or three items max for that day. The three most important things that you want to get done. Make a list and then just take your baby steps and concentrate on those three things. And if you do that every day, mm-hmm. uh, every single day, if you do those three things on your list to move towards a larger goal, mm-hmm. you will be there in no time. Uh, and it's kind of a fabulous feeling when you look back and, and you look at all the progress that you've made when mm-hmm. you could have just been sitting there procrastinating, doing nothing like you normally have. You know, we've all been through that stage in our life. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> Once you learn that it isn't that hard to make the progress and it is possible to do it, it just changes everything. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I completely agree with you. Oh, yeah, I love your idea, too, of just doing two or three things because the truth is if you try to do 15, you know, yeah. you get overwhelmed and then you honestly do nothing. I mean, we've all had days like that. I know I have more recently than not where as such a to-do list and it was just so overwhelming to the point nothing got done, not one thing. Yeah. And if you really break it down, you know, you can have a list of 15 things, but you can really look at that list and see the top three things that are the highest Mm -hmm. priority. And if you get in the habit of just, you know, you can have your long list, but if you take like an actual paper piece Mm -hmm. of paper and just write down the three most important things and carry that little piece of paper with you, Mm -hmm. uh, I find it highly more effective for me, but I think it would probably work, you know, mostly for everyone because you can always go back and look at the long list uh, when you're done with the top three items, and then you could probably get a couple more items done, but mm-hmm. you make so much more progress attacking those important things, and it just it all works out so much better. Yeah, and by focusing too, you know, I feel like they go hand in hand. It's like if you are going to focus on two or three things, put your all into that. It's, you know, yeah. don't do half of it and then start thinking, well, I have all these other things going on too. If you just like immerse yourself in it fully, it'll get done a lot quicker. That way. Yeah, follow follow one course until success. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what John Lee Dumas says focus stands for. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, I love that. Yeah, it's great. Well, Roger, I really appreciate it, man. We're getting close to the closing questions. Uh, sure. yeah, we're winding close to the 30-minute mark, and it's been awesome having you on. You've provided so much value. But before we get into the closing <laughs> questions, I was going to ask you a little bit about your book, Overcoming, sure. Overcoming Dance Fear. Uh can you, I don't know if this is possible, but can you sum up, you know, kind of the principles of that book in a in a paragraph or two? Yeah, I definitely can. So the book is short. That's the beauty in it. <laughs> it is a short debut ebook. It's called Overcoming Dance Fear. It is on Amazon. And basically, I help people overcome their dance fear in just three simple steps. Um, the first is identifying, actually admitting that you're afraid. That's step one. So many of us are not able to do that with a straight face just to say, you know what? I am afraid to dance. Sue me. I'm scared. <laughs> Get it out there in the world all as well. That's step one. I'll step- admit it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love it. You're already taking that step. Yeah. 15 step program. I swear is three. So 
First one is just admitting that you're afraid. The second step is identifying or sourcing the fear. So I talk about in the book, I know exactly where my fear came from, and I don't want to give it away, but uh, it involves little girls and tutus and ballet. That's all I can say. But, um, <laughs> you know, just being able to find out what was it. Was there one event or just something that made me so afraid to dance? And then the third step, which is the hardest, in my opinion, is actually facing the fear. And I provide within the book different ways that you can go about facing your dance fear, whether it's just going to a club or, you know, taking a class or something like that. Um, and that's essentially the book. You know, I feel like those three steps will lead to you overcoming. And I also mentioned within the book that overcoming is not a one and done. You know, it's a process and we're working towards it every day. But as long as you keep applying those three steps whenever you feel the fear, then you're well on your way. Oh, I love it, man. That was awesome. Thanks. Uh, yeah, it makes complete sense to me too. You got to get out of that comfort zone, like we mm. keep saying, and it's it makes all the difference in the world. Mm. Okay, so this next question, you know, it's my favorite question. <laughs> uh, I have to put that out there every episode, um, but it's very creative, so it kind of makes you think a little bit, and all, all in good fun. But if you had to battle Godzilla. How would you use your creativity or talents to defeat him? Hmm. That's a very good question. <laughs> I think I would do not a straddle split, but only a half <laughs> so that I'll be half healthy from it. But um, I would do a half split to make myself really small to the ground. So uh, hopefully he would think I was gone, start walking and trip over me and defeat himself. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah, why should I waste my energy? You know, let them trip over me. That'll be the end of that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. We've had some some awesome answers with that question, and I love it. So, <laughs> Well, do you have any favorite advice, resources, or tools that you would like to share with our listeners that you think they could find value in? Sure. I do. Um, well, resources, you know, because a lot of people, they're – afraid to go with a web designer and all of that because it is a commitment and a process. So I always tell people, you know, there are some awesome free web design programs out there if they want to embark on it themselves. So I always recommend WordPress, Weebly, or Wix.com. Uh, those are three go-tos that can't fail. And, you yes. know, it's just a great place to start if you're not really ready to shell out money yet or invest in a web designer. And Squarespace would be one too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that one a whole lot. Sorry. So, I use WordPress personally. I've mastered it over the years, but I actually, actually am a web developer myself. Oh, nice. Um, but I build themes in WordPress, and it's just an amazing platform. But I have used Wix, and for some people, I think that could be an extremely easy platform, although I think it's Flash-based. So yes. the only issue I can see is kind of with search engine optimization, but it's super easy to use. You just drag and drop everything. Oh, yeah, and they actually added HTML, I think. But then oh, did like, they? Cool. Yeah, or HTML5 or something, but... um. Yeah, you know, it's a good way to get started for folks. And um, just some advice. You know, I learned it from one of my professors in college, Chris Aiken. And he told me, you know, just be present in the moment. And I used to think that could only apply to dance, improvisation, and things like that. But, you know, we talked about it throughout the interview. And it's really just being focused throughout life. No matter what you're focusing on for that moment, really make sure that you're doing it and that you're putting your all into it. And yeah, I, like I love that. Time wander, you know. Yep, and I really like the uh, quote 
the best way to predict your future is to create it. Mm. If you have that mindset, you can live without fear. Mm. So that's one I stand close to. Um, and then another one on the top of my head that I think would pertain to this podcast in general is, uh, it's not only possible to accomplish more by doing less, it's mandatory. Uh, mm. Enter the world of elimination. Uh, tomorrow becomes never, no matter how small the task. So take the first step now. And that's wow. Timothy Ferris. I love that. Yeah. So. He's a great thought leader. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. He, he is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, well, how can our listeners find you or get in contact with you? Sure. So for the listeners out there uh, that would like to engage more, you can visit rogerleedance.com. And from there, we have a contact tab. We have engagement pages. There's just so many ways for you to get involved. You know, maybe you don't actually want to dance and take that step yet, but um, no, I don't want to give it away for you, but you'll definitely find something on the website that you can do or read or watch and enjoy yourself with. So, Yeah, you've got see. all sorts of stuff on, on your site and actually wanted to get into that a little bit. Uh, sure. We kind of missed over it, but what, you know, can you go through some of these things that you have on there uh, that are, if someone is out there wanting to learn how to dance or uh, get into choreography or any of that? Uh, mm-hmm. kind of the resources that you have to guide them? Sure. So, you know, I've kind of broken up the business or website, um, both into three categories. So under services, I do offer instruction for individuals, couples, and groups. Um, choreography for music artists. They can be gymnastic competitors. Uh, the list goes on for that one. People just getting married. Uh, event entertainment is where we do all the parties and flash mobs and concert series and things like that, performances. And then coaching is really when I'm working with either dance students, dance business owners, or just freelance artists. And I'm really trying to take their career in its current form and enhance it drastically. So, you know, I've coached students who are trying to get into certain summer programs like governor school for instance, um, studio owners who say, you know, we've been in business for 35 years, but we do not know how to leverage social media at all to keep the doors open. So, you know, I kind of meet the client where they are and um, it's a lot of mentorship going on there. And then the whole marketing support is like our website, design, reels, all that stuff. Um, We have events, you know, people could come out to Philadelphia and take a class with me. I actually travel all around the world doing master classes and things like that so I can come to you. Um, the list goes on and then our products are really when people can get engaged. Uh, so I have a music CD out of like dance tracks that you can just groove to, you know, at home, get in the spirit of partying. Um, we have a, an ebook that we talked about overcoming your dance fear. And we also have a workout video called Roger Lee dance cardio workout. And it is online. It's only 15 bucks. Uh, the video is 17 minutes and I took it myself Heath a few times and it is a, good morning workout for sure yeah yeah but it's for anybody you know so like if you're a beginner you just might have to rewind it a few extra times but the thing is that you can learn at your own pace in the comfort of your own home and experience dance so you know I've really tried to create something for everybody yeah so do you uh do you also have the dance that napoleon dynamite did that he was learning in his room <laughs> you got that one pumped out that's for the <laughs> sequel video <laughs> <laughs> could be a top seller man exactly well roger thank you so much for being on the show and everybody get out there and do a little boogie in uh get out of your comfort zone and get funky take some risks live 
Stop being okay with being lazy and normal. Uh, upgrade your life. And Roger, just thank you so much for being the Archipreneur now. And always remember to keep it funky. Thank you for listening to the Archipreneur Now podcast. For all the show notes and more information, please visit artsynow.com. That's A-R-T-S-Y now.com. Thank you. The music for this podcast was provided by Shaky Feeling out of Ventura, California. For more information, please visit shakyfeeling.com. Keep it funky.